Hi there. Did you know that in 2024, there will be over 40 countries in the world holding elections? That means that the governments of about 40% of the world's population are going to be decided in 2024. These elections are events in separate countries, but they'll affect billions of people. Today, let's dive into the world of politics and some essential words, essential vocabulary that you'll hear in political discussions. Just think what valuable English language learning this vocabulary is, even if it's just all the words I'm going to use for different countries in the world. That's a lot in itself. So happy listening and the English language part of your brain will thank you for listening to this podcast, ready to embark on a language learning journey through the world of elections. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Hilary and you're listening to Adept English. We will help you to speak English fluently. All you have to do is listen. So start listening now and find out how it works. First of all, ways in which Adept English can help your English language learning. Well, sign up for our Seven Rules of Adept English free course and we'll help you with the best way to learn a language to fluency. As I said, this course is free and available on our website at adeptenglish.com. What can you do to help Adept English in return? Please share our podcast on Spotify if that's where you listen. And if you listen on a different platform, as I know many of you do, please give us five stars or a positive review and subscribe. Thank you for doing that for us. A bit of vocabulary first to make this podcast easier. An election, E-L-E-C-T-I-O-N. That's the action, the event where we vote for candidates. We choose which political leader we want to support, which one we'd like to be in charge of our country. The verb to vote, V-O-T-E, it's also a noun. That's when you make your choice. You go to a nominated place, a particular place, and you put your cross on a piece of paper by the side of someone's name, the name of the person you want to vote for. Another way of saying this, voters go to the polls. And the word candidate, C-A-N-D-I-D-A-T-E, that means the person that you vote for. So to use those words in a sentence, in the US election, it now looks as though people will have the choice to vote for candidates Donald Trump and Joe Biden. In some elections, it's not a candidate or person that you're voting for, but rather a political group or party, P-A-R-T-Y. This is different, of course, from the type of party that you might have in your house for your friends and family to celebrate something. Though in the case of Boris Johnson's government during COVID, when there were apparently many parties, it's not clear that they knew the difference. Boris Johnson's party were a bit confused about the use of that English word party too. So first of all, in the UK, did you know that we're quite possibly going to have an election in 2024, though Rishi Sunak's government have to call it, and they're not very popular at the moment. But that's not all, of course. We are looking nervously across the pond 
at the US means across the Atlantic at the US, where it's not just any election. It's a decision which will impact millions of people worldwide as well as in the US. We're all looking nervously. It seems to me that despite a good education system and 350 million people living in the US, voters have somehow ended up with a desperate choice of two very old men. Donald Trump is 77 years old and Joe Biden is 81 years old. Without even examining the candidates or their track records, meaning what they've done before, on age alone, surely this election is ludicrous. Ludicrous that these two are the best choices. If Biden gets elected, he will be 85 by the time his term finishes. Now, as you may know, I'm a fan of people doing things in later life. And generally, age is not a barrier. I champion the idea that you're never too old. And I believe in respecting the wisdom of the old. But that doesn't mean an 81-year-old president is a good idea. Or that either of these two have what you might call wisdom. The ages of the two candidates in the US election are clearly not the only problems. I think we're a bit incredulous in the UK at how it's going. Is democracy in any better shape in the UK? Well, I don't think so. We're in an era where the current Conservative government is extremely unpopular. Yet people don't trust the main opposition party either. That's the Labour Party and Keir Starmer. They're known for what's called tax and spend, which means high taxes and lavish spending on things that sensible people don't necessarily agree with. That's tax and spend. And we already have in the UK some of the highest tax rates in the world. We don't want any more tax. The other problem, now that left-wing Jeremy Corbyn has gone from the Labour Party, there's very little to choose between our two main political parties and none of the smaller parties will win. So it's a choice between these two. For example, if you're someone who supports a ceasefire in Gaza and there are frequent protests in London calling for a ceasefire in Gaza, attended by thousands of people, if a ceasefire is what you support, there is no political party in the UK that has that as their policy. There is no option of someone to vote for, no option of a government in the UK that will support an immediate ceasefire. Yet it's estimated that well over 70% of British people support a ceasefire in Gaza. What are they supposed to do with that if they feel strongly about it? There's no one to vote for. And it's the same on other issues. There's no one to vote for. There's no one to represent that view. So while the problem of democracy in the US is that people have to vote for the lesser evil of two candidates. Here in the UK, it's the choice of two possible governments, which look pretty much the same. Hardly much of a choice then. What about elections in 2024 that are coming up in the rest of the world? Well, it's a huge list of countries. There are elections coming up in countries like India, Russia, Iran, Ukraine, Taiwan, Pakistan, South Africa, and Bangladesh, to name but a few. In Africa, Algeria, Tunisia, Ghana, Rwanda, 
Namibia, Mozambique and Senegal are all going to the polls, as well as Togo and South Sudan. And votes have already happened in Egypt and in Hong Kong, and it's only January. While I complain about the UK and the US elections, at least there is some element of democracy here. But many of the elections which have been held or which will be held in 2024 are billed as democratic, but they're anything but. If you take Hong Kong's recent elections, for example, a rule was introduced by the Chinese government that all candidates have to have national security background checks. Well, you can guess what's going to happen there, can't you? And the rule also said that candidates had to be nominated, backed, supported by the Chinese government. So effectively, this tended to mean that pro-democratic candidates were simply removed. And clearly the voters in Hong Kong thought, why bother? Only 27% turned out to vote. Little democracy going on in that process. So in some countries, it's quite clear that parties and political forces in power simply remove the opposition. They remove their rivals, the candidates that might stand against them in a vote and who might introduce change. So the whole thing, the whole election is represented as though somehow it's democratic when it isn't. If candidates with which the current government disagrees are removed, that's hardly democracy. Elections are due to be held also in countries where the world's great conflicts are currently going on. And there are moves to put those elections on hold. So neither Benjamin Netanyahu nor Vladimir Zelensky intend to hold elections, even though their elections are due. They're saying no while the conflicts continue. It means that people in those countries have a delay before they can exercise their democratic rights, even though we know the likely outcomes. Zelensky will stay, Netanyahu will go. In Europe, Austria, Belgium, Croatia and Finland will all go to the polls this year, will all hold elections. And there's an election for the whole European Parliament in June. Will we see far-right groups being elected here? Let's end on a positive note. In 2024, Mexico will hold its first election where the vote is between two female candidates, two women. Claudia Scheinbaum, leading her Moreno party, and Sochile Galvez, who represents a coalition, a joining of three different political parties. That's coalition, C-O-A-L-I-T-I-O-N, a joining of different political parties, an agreement to work together is a coalition. I don't know what the candidates in Mexico stand for, but I'm always pleased to see women breaking through that glass ceiling. There's an idiom for you to finish off. Anyway, that's a very, very quick discussion of the various elections which are taking place in the world in 2024. If you've got an opinion to share, if you like or support something I've said, or if you disagree with me too, please get in touch. Please give us feedback. We love to hear from you. And don't forget, this podcast is an English language learning podcast. So listen to it several times so that that vocabulary sticks in your head. That's in line with the advice of the seven rules of adept English. 
don't forget to sign up for that too. Enough for now. Have a lovely day. Speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Please help me tell others about this podcast by reviewing or rating it. And please share it on social media. You can find more listening lessons and a free English course at adeptenglish.com.